0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 68 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here. Really, I mean that. My guest today is Jordan Sondler. She's an illustrator, a dog owner, and a gummy candy lover out of New York. Jordan has a super fun personality, and I really enjoyed chatting with her for this interview. We talk about meeting your design idols, and she shares a story when she met hers. We talk about the illustration conference called Icon, which I knew nothing about. Jordan gives us a little bit of details about her new book and the challenges in illustrating and creating that book. And I know because you're wondering, the book is called Feel It Out!, Jordan also tells us about a really passionate project that started as just something she was going to do for Mental Health Month, um, but turned into an amazing way for her to connect with her audience through Instagram. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because Jordan tells it way better than I can. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to this one. Jordan Sondler. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a
0: Quickie? Hey, Jordan, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you, Dave?
0: Terrific. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm not going to waste any time. So briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Um, My name is Jordan Sondler. I am an illustrator living in Brooklyn with my three and a half year old Pomeranian. And uh, yeah, I I work a lot in publishing and product licensing. I feel like if I were to describe myself in a few words, that would be apt.
0: You nailed it. (laughs) and how long have you been doing the illustrations for
1: um in entirely for clients um eight years but Mm -hmm. full time for five
0: got it and freelance the whole time or what were you doing before freelance
1: um i i had a lot of different hats i was mostly working um uh, in a shoe and chocolate store when I graduated from college. And Mm then I, (laughs) I took over their social media. Then I assisted a design department of a magazine and then I struck out on my own. Nice. Yeah.
0: So I want to go back even further than that and talk about your childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, what was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood and what made it that way?
1: Um, um, uh, so my childhood was like a little bit dark. Okay. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who would reflect on their childhood now might feel similarly. Like maybe it didn't feel that way when I was growing up, felt Mm -hmm. totally normal. But, uh, after 15 years of therapy, I know that's not the case.
0: (laughs) Um, There's the evidence there.
1: Yes, there is some concrete evidence. Um, I won't go into too much detail. It would embarrass my mother. Fair but enough. I, <laughs> um, yeah, so I started drawing around, I mean, I don't know what, like, we started drawing when we were in preschool, but I think I started taking um, painting lessons along the same time as gymnastics, horseback riding, soccer, basketball, but it was really the only thing that stuck. Mm-hmm. Over time. but so you tried I, a lot then yeah well i didn't choose to do that i just thought <laughs> i just thought that's what everyone did mm-hmm. um that's what i was told so uh yeah but i ended up taking um painting classes more specifically watercolor classes um outside of school until i went to college which is funny because uh, we would like we would draw a still life. Like we would draw a reflection inside of a mirrored object. Mm -hmm. And then we would, um, I remember my watercolor teacher had these baskets of like, remember when people had calendars, like paper calendars you put on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. She would tear out the pages of those. So we would do like, um, there would be like a painting, a Thomas Kincaid painting. And I would have to work on that for like a month. I would just like reproduce it in watercolor. So these were the classes I was taking outside of school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very creative. Yeah. Um,
0: Like big deal classes. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I've always been drawing and painting, but I didn't identify as an artist. It was like the one thing I was okay at and I like to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so was there a moment where, um, you know, do you remember a moment where it clicked and, and you just went, this is what I want to do? This is, uh, you know, not just what I enjoy the most as a kid, but this is what I want to do for a career.
1: Yeah. So I remember, I think it was like my junior year in high school. And that's when you start meeting with the guidance counselors. They tell you, oh, you're good at these 10 things, but maybe you should pursue this one opportunity. hmm And my guidance counselor had no idea what to do with me. I was just like a C plus, B minus student. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of broody. And um my mother wanted me to go into hotel management. Oh, Um, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure where she pulled that out of
0: career Um, curveball, I see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um no one knew what to do with me. Um, though I have been taking art classes my whole life, like I had never known an artist that wasn't, I grew up in Rhode Island. It's very small Uh and I grew up in a tiny, tiny suburb in Rhode Island. Um, So yeah, I, for some reason or not for some reason, but I knew someone who was kind of creative as well. She was a little bit older and she had gone to a summer camp where they would like draw new models and um, I don't know, make things out of stained glass. So I had gone I think it was the summer before my senior year and then I was like, oh yeah, this is all I wanna do. Um this is what I can do. I don't know what artists do after mm-hmm. school, but I'll figure it out.
0: So and, the, the um, art I, camp like, hooked you, of it. like
1: oh, Sorry.
0: The art camp like hooked you then.
1: Yeah, it did. I was like, this is my one opportunity to not work at the Crown Plaza in Warwick, Rhode Island. <laughs> This is my ticket out of town.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh-huh. after, after that camp and after that moment, did you then pursue um, – what did you pursue in college? Did you go through art classes? Did you do illustration-specific? What did you go through?
1: Yeah, so I went to MICA in Baltimore, um, uh-huh. Maryland Institute College of Art, and my art teacher told me that I should become an illustrator, so I said, sure. Um, I didn't know what that meant, but that was the major that I had declared. And I think it was one, I was like the only person that I met in college who stuck with their major. And I was the only one who didn't know what their major really was. So um, <laughs> that is interesting.
0: The mystery but, of it just kept you pursuing it.
1: Yeah, I was like, I think there's some drawing. And that, <laughs> that was what I knew. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I I forget the question. Did that answer
0: it? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, illustration major. (laughs) Um, Is there, so now I want to ask what has been the most influential design or illustration or art piece of your life so far? Something you've seen and maybe changed the course of your career or just ignited the, the career direction you picked or has just stuck with you?
1: Oh, my God, this is so hard. What is one thing that's really inspired me? You know, actually, when I was in college, I only had about three different female teachers, and I'm still to this day in love with all of them. Um, And one of them, Whitney Sherman, she had introduced me um, to her friend Martha Rich's work, and I think I was, I don't know, like 19, Mm-hmm. Um now I'm twenty-nine and a half. Twenty-nine and a half. I am a half. i can not mm, wait. Almost to,
0: like, to the three
1: Yeah, I don't want to say the word twenty ever again. I'm I'm ready to let go of that, but I digress. Um so yeah, I learned of Martha Rich's work. My teacher Whitney thought that I would really respond to it because I was making um a zine called Boys bras and Diets at the time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome yeah and actually like my work now is very it's kind of come full circle it's mostly back to boys bras and diets so um yeah martha rich's work was introduced to me when i was 19 and i loved it she was doing all these paintings of cakes and women that said like fuck or things like that um and it was really fun it felt like kind of punk like it wasn't too cutesy um but it was cute at the same time. So I was in love with her work and um, I have followed it for years and we're actually friends now. So that is the really cool thing about, I think spending more and more time in your career, like getting to meet your idols and becoming friends with people you admire so much. And I'm still just as inspired by their work now as I was at 19. So, wow. yeah, it's cool. It's really cool.
0: When did you first get to meet her?
1: Um, mm, I mean, I had seen her from afar. Like, I had been to lectures, um, like, at things like ICON. Are you familiar with ICON, the illustration conference?
0: No, I hadn't heard of it before.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not <funny. laughs> I have no skin in the game there, but, um, yeah, ICON is really cool. It happens every two years in a different city. Um, It is, like, the illustration conference in um, America. Like, I don't hear about any that are here other than that, just, like, a lot of things abroad. Um, but a bunch of illustrators get together from all over the world, really. Uh-huh. And they have amazing programming. They have like a keynote speaker and a bunch of different um, people speaking over the course of a week and teaching workshops. So I think I saw her speak twice, like at two different icons. And um, I I started teaching in Philly recently. Um, uh-huh. That's where she lives now. <laughs> wow, this whole podcast is beautiful. Gonna be about Martha Rich, so um, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I hope I get some socks out of it or something. Um, she lives in Philly, and I think we met like three years ago when I came to lecture for the first time. So, and I've been able to meet so many slightly older illustrators that reside there, which has been really amazing. Um, um because you know, it there are a lot of really cool illustrators that I came up with who I graduated with or who are around the same age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I mean, my teachers and, you know, other elders who have been in the field for so long are still a huge inspiration to me.
0: Mm-hmm. So the next question I got is about your process. And yep. I want to hear a little bit about your process and what you think might make your process a bit unique.
1: Um, Ooh, I don't know that <laughs> I would does make my process unique. Um, so right now I'm just drawing on the iPad. Would oh, cool. you Have you ever done that?
0: I have the iPad Pro and I have the Apple Pencil, but I have yet to really dive into it.
1: My God, how long have you had it?
0: If I tell you, you'll be upset with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. I get it. <laughs> um, I didn't start drawing digitally at all until maybe two years ago, so I understand. So, what uh, was
0: the what was the reason for the switch from the the traditional pen and paper, pencil and paper method to the digital?
1: Well, I was carrying around a ream of computer paper with me everywhere I went. Yep, um, and that felt very impractical. um So I don't know that I feel like, so I have the iPad pro. I don't remember when it launched. It probably launched 10 years before I even started thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But to me, I had had just heard of it one day and I was like, yeah, I'm going to give that a shot. Um, And actually someone let me use theirs at a bar, like after a a trade show, like a stationary trade show. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started messing around with it and realized actually how intuitive it really was. And then I just bought one and I told myself, you need to use this for a month and not ever use a pencil. And then whatever, you can go back to that and ignore this piece of technology, just like you ignore every other piece of technology. (laughs) But but I use it all the time. I never went back. So it's very efficient.
0: That's cool. I've seen a lot of videos and a lot of stuff that's been created on the iPad Pro using um, Procreate. And there was another um, program too. I can't remember the name of right now. But uh, it,
1: Adobe Sketch? Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you. I knew it was an Adobe one. I just couldn't remember the name of it.
1: Yeah. That's what I use. It's basically like MS Paint compared to like Photoshop. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I hope no one from Adobe is listening to us, but I, uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> how restrictive it is. Like there aren't that many things you can do in it, which I need, I need limitation or else I just get really overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. So the, the joy in it is the simplicity of it.
1: Exactly. For me. But mm-hmm. then when any other commercial artist finds out that's what I use, they're like, ew, have you tried Procreate? <laughs>
0: um,
1: so, I don't know. I enjoy the simpler things for I don't,
0: sure. I don't judge Jordan. You do you. It's all good.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you can't judge me. You've never used that. I you? know. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: the next couple of questions I have go down the history of your career a bit to some of the spots where you maybe made some mistakes, learned some lessons. Um, and I really want to pull those lessons out of the stories and, and share those with the listeners. Um, But in the end I turned the corner and we got a couple of happy questions to finish it off.
1: Okay. Excellent.
0: (laughs) So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it?
1: Okay. um, So I just worked on a book um, and that was really crazy. And I'm also not fully done with it, but Uh I, I have, one and a half feet out the door of this project. Um, Have you ever worked on a book?
0: (laughs) I have been a small part of many books, but not to the degree of being involved in the design or creative or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I had two, but it's, it is so weird to um, do all of those things you just listed Mm -hmm. um, all by yourself. (laughs) um and i don't think i had to do everything like i didn't really think about the fact that a designer was going to be assigned to my book Mm -hmm. but instead i decided oh i will design my book on top of everything else so
0: so this wasn't a project you were brought in to do this is your book this is my book damn jordan that's fantastic (laughs)
1: thanks i'm really excited i'm nervous and excited for everyone to see it but um i mean i've committed to memory kind of so i could recite it to you backwards i'm like ready for it to be out into the world
0: Mm -hmm. um can you tell me like what it's called can you give like a little shout out to it right now or is it too early
1: yes actually i can as of like two days ago tell you what it's called it's called feel it out um It is a book about, I think of it kind of as a coming of age book for adults. Um, It's about being in touch with your feelings, uh, realizing that self-awareness is amazing and kind of just like cutting through the noise and um, deciding like what's truly important to you versus like what traditionally might be expected of you, um, what people project on you. And, like, the things that your friends or family are doing, like, we're not going to worry about that. We're just going to figure out what what is real for you. So that is my book in 150 pages. <laughs>
0: um, That's great. And it was called Feel It Out, right?
1: Feel it out. Feel it out. That's
0: awesome. So you wrote, illustrated, like, is it very illustration heavy as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's, like, equal parts text and illustration. I mean, like... Even, like the text is illustrative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really cool. It drove me insane. So I think that gets back to the root of your question.
0: Yeah. I want to hear about the challenges you encountered <laughs> in this project.
1: Yeah. I just, um, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator, um, <laughs> which is, I don't know. I don't know that I even think it's a bad thing anymore because I always end up getting everything done. It's just a thing. Yeah. It's just a thing. You're right. You're right. My book would tell me it's just a thing. (laughs) thing Um, so I just kind of, I started working with a really amazing agent, um, about a year and a half ago, Kate Woodrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we started concepting this book, sold it to Harper Collins. And I guess, like in December, that's when I officially started working. And um, I had no idea what to do. I'd never really been set free with money and time and um, like kind of very little expectation. Like it was all just very like kind of a question mark on a page, like I could do whatever I want. It wasn't specified if they were going to like it, but uh, that's where I had to start. So I kind of just threw a bunch of things into the mix when maybe I shouldn't have, like I just took on other client work when maybe I shouldn't have, or I started dating a lot when maybe I shouldn't have. And then I got to a point where I just was so behind, uh, that I just shut myself in my apartment for like three months to catch up. Mm -hmm. And, that's when everything started to like kind of flow out of me. I couldn't force it before
0: then. Yeah, you almost kind of get into a groove of consistency where you, yeah. your body and mind understand that this is the time that we are just vomiting information and content.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So permission
0: That's
1: granted. <laughs> because I was doing like four, four pages a week And then it got to a point where I had to start doing four pages a day. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I was like, yeah, it was a big difference. And I, you know, I see my therapist every week and she was like, you just need to make things and not worry about how good they are. (laughs) Like just work on them and worry about if it's a piece of shit later on and then you'll cut it.
0: Yeah. And I did that.
1: Yeah. Most things I just kept. So.
0: That's cool. So the way that you, work, you know, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So the way you got through that, then is you just put your head down, locked yourself in your apartment and did the work.
1: And did the work. Yes. And um, I was also teaching and commuting (laughs) to Philadelphia from New York. And I found ways to work, maybe should not say this on a podcast, but maybe it was also inspirational to my clients. I mean, not my clients, my students, Um, (laughs) I found ways to work on the book during class when they were working on their own thing. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was cool. It was actually really nice because I was able to give them assignments that kind of echoed how I was working on the book, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that was beneficial to everyone, I hope.
0: So you kind of gave them a little flavor of what the process was that you were working on and going through.
1: Which I feel like everyone should do. Maybe that's what with my teachers in the past Mm -hmm. when very transparent about the industry and their day to day. And the fact that they were behind on a deadline and needed to work in the middle of class while I was also working, none of them did that, but, uh, it was my first class, so cut me some slack.
0: <laughs> You're figuring <laughs> it out, right? Yeah.
1: Figuring it out. I think it worked for everyone.
0: <laughs> Perfect. That was a great one. Um, do you have an, another, maybe a client project um, mm-hmm. that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result? And what was that like?
1: Oh, God um okay sure i can think of like basically my first job outside of school i don't even know how i remember this i have a terrible memory but i literally created another folder in my email if i could pull it up right now i would but i don't think it's good to look at it literally says don't look at this (laughs) And i filed my emails from that client into that folder and i haven't opened it in eight years perfect Um, Yeah. So I, yeah, sure. Let's talk about that project. Um, (laughs) I was straight out of school and I had no idea what I was doing. I don't think I consulted anyone on, um, the budget that was presented to me, but I was going to, I guess it was probably work for hire, you know, like it was a company that was contracted by, um, Urban Outfitters Mm -hmm. or I don't even remember anymore, but it was like a store like that, that they did private labeling for. And I was supposed to design some things for t-shirts and we agreed on an hourly rate. We sort of agreed on the amount of hours it would take. I mean, it was just a projected number, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This was like one of my first clients I'd ever worked with. So, if I could go back and tell my past self anything, it would be, you know, get some things in writing or just clarify that I am only guessing here. I, I'm really not sure how long something would take me until I really get into it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's very important. I told my students this too, um, to have a contract. Like I have a boilerplate contract that I send to all my clients if they don't send me a 25 page one. Um, And it protects everyone. I mean, most of all, it protects the artist. So I ended up working so many extra hours on this project, which it seemed like they were going to be allotted to me and they weren't. And the client was very angry. I mean, just refused to pay me. For all those extra hours, and I had to do more work on top of that. Really, I just let someone push me around a lot. Um, and I would say, if you're ever in this position, you're a younger illustrator. Just, I mean, like, reach out to one of your teachers, someone you really admire, um, and kind of, you know, get their advice because it drove me insane. <laughs> it was soul crushing. I I think I probably did, like, 15 extra hours of work that I wasn't compensated for, uh-huh. and the client was angry. The client was so mad at me, yet I had done all of these things, and I thought I had done everything so right, um, and it just went so wrong. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it was- comes experience. I don't know.
0: Definitely. There's so, like, almost everybody I've talked to has a story like that, where, you know, they, they there was red flags initially, or they wish they, you know, would have stood up for themselves a little bit more, or, or something like that. And it's always early on in the career.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Because you're, I mean, maybe you're a little too proud to think that you need the help or advice of someone else, but I still seek that stuff out. So mm-hmm. I
0: definitely
1: should have when I was... 22.
0: Here are you there. So <laughs> what is something that you're struggling with in your creative career right now?
1: Well, recently I think the book was like the book made me realize this. I don't know. Cause the book has just been really nuts and, and I've learned so much about myself, but I think I realized that um, for A lot of years now, I've been cobbling together seven or eight jobs at a time and working around the clock, and I'm just so burnt out by that, Mm -hmm. and I I really have made a shift where I want to work to live instead of living to work. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just at the beginning of figuring out how to do this, so. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) But it's important. I hear you there. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) So now I'm going to turn the bus around and I want to get to some happy stuff.
1: Wonderful.
0: So tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, does it have to be a client project?
0: No. be whatever you want. Whatever.
1: Um. Yeah. So actually, so... Back to the book. It's not about the book. The book is not the project I choose. But when I started working on the book, I started making really deeply personal work. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't show any of it, but it was all I wanted to be making. And I still get a lot of my work from being active on social media. So I started this series, ooh, I don't know, like back in April, I think, where I I asked people through my stories because I Typically, get a lot of engagement there on mm-hmm. Instagram stories. Um, you know, tell me about your fears and anxieties, and I will illustrate a few of those guys. And I started doing that, and it was very well received. Um, like I don't, I have a modest following. I have enough of a following that I get consistent work, um, but I had a lot of interaction on those posts. And a lot of people, um, sending me messages and confiding in me about things or encouraging me. I was just, I literally took what people were sending to me. Um, like for instance, the, something off the top of my head would be like, um, I am homesick for a place that isn't home. I don't know. It would be something like mm-hmm. that. Or I'm afraid I'll never be a mother. Um, And I was illustrating those anonymous submissions, and people were finding so many universal truths in that. And that was so cool. I mean, it was like very encouraging. I just kept up with the series. I was only going to do it, I think May was Mental
0: Health Awareness
1: Month. So Mm -hmm. I was only going to do it for May, and I've, I've continued to work on them.
0: Jordan, I see a second book already.
1: Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll that's see.
0: that's incredible. I can see how easily and powerful that would be.
1: It reminds me of Post Secret. Do you remember Post Secret?
0: Oh, the name sounds so familiar, yeah, but I can't remember the details.
1: Canada? Was that popular? I
0: feel um like it was,
1: was. Yeah, it was like people <laughs> oh damn. Now I don't even remember <laughs> like the uh, the beginnings of post secret, but I feel like it evolved into a thing where you would take like a postcard or a photo and you would write something deeply personal and you would like mail it into Post Secret. Or you would like leave it in a book and someone would take a photo of it and then send it to Post Secret. It was just like secrets on the internet, you know?
0: Crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was great. Oh my God. It was like my saving grace. I feel like one of the team leader.
0: You kind of realize, like,
1: realized, like so mm. bad, bad. yeah,
0: everybody's yeah. hurting and everybody's crazy. Gosh, this makes me feel so at home now.
1: Right, for sure. I mean, it took me until my twenties to realize that. I think.
0: Post <laughs> <laughs> secret, all those memories there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is one design, product, tool, website, or community you can't live without?
1: Ooh, wow. What a good question mm-hmm. that I don't have to answer. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, oh, God, I kind of hate to list this as my suggestion, but I only really follow, I like, I have some friends on Instagram I follow for sure. Sh- but I follow a ton of creatives or people who inspire me and I feel like people tend to be really real in their stories I mean don't quote me because some people aren't Mm -hmm. Uh, some people are influencers and they are selling you things but I feel like I find out about all these cool workshops and lectures just through watching people's stories Awesome. Um, yeah I feel like it's a really I, I make a point to watch a couple times a day and like I just signed up for like a public speaking workshop next week that I just found out about through Instagram stories. So yeah. Yeah. It's like a good, you got to decide how you want to use it, but Mm. it can be a good tool. You know,
0: that's great. I definitely need to amp up and level up on the stories.
1: Yeah. Well, curate it, you know, like curate the stories that are coming in, like follow inspirational people, not just like, I don't know, like pizza Instagrams or something.
0: Well, I mean, you can fit that in there.
1: Yeah, that's inspirational too. Like <laughs> maybe I'll have that for dinner after, after the workshop.
0: I kind of like where you're going with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Jordan, now's the time of the show for the ask it forward question. I have a question from my previous guest that I'm going to ask you. And Hello. you have the opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything.
1: Okay. So like I answer their question and then I ask a question. Yep. So
0: my last guest had a question for you and then you get to ask a question of the next guest. Wow. I like this. Asking it forward, right? Yeah. So (laughs) my previous guest was Chris Sove. He's over in uh, LA and he is a graphic designer um, who is heavily involved with the fashion industry and some big names in the fashion industry. And he also has a huge appreciation for art and art and fashion. So his question was, he wanted to know what the most influential art show or art gallery that you've been to is.
1: Okay. Ooh. Um, well, when I, I think I was just about to graduate from college Um, so I went to school in Baltimore and DC was just like a hop and a skip away. Uh So I went to the national gallery a lot, um, which is a really big museum and they have amazing artwork and they had a show of Edvard Munch, who is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite artists. Uh And it's really hard to find a show with a lot of his work in it. And I haven't found a lot of museums with pieces of his in their permanent collection, like other than things that everyone knows about. Mm -hmm. But um, the National Gallery did like a a huge show with um, like his prints and paintings. And I still think about that. And I bought, I guess, I I don't know, like the book that they had created for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, It was so good. Actually, no, I bought it for an ex-boyfriend and I don't even have it.
0: I should order it. Yeah, that's a great one. (laughs)
1: yeah his work is so great it's so good are you familiar i mean he did like the scream you know the scream mm-hmm. everyone knows the Scream. but he has this really cool portrait that's super haunting to me it's like it's black and white and it's his like his face his bust and then he has like an, one arm but it's just like a skeleton arm it's like bones it's very good crazy no, yeah. I
0: need to get more familiar with that work for sure.
1: Yeah, get familiar. You know, when I order the book, I'll send you the link.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um. So what is your question that you would like to ask the next guest, Jordan?
1: Ooh, okay. Mm, it's going to be about mental health. Um, it. It's going to be, where are you at in your mental health journey? Like, are you are you in a mental health journey? Are you... Do you feel like you uh, are self-aware and exploring self-awareness in your work, I guess? That's why we want to know. Perfect.
0: I'm going to ask them and you're going to have to tune into the next episode to hear it.
1: Oh, uh, count on it. Awesome. I will.
0: (laughs) Jordan, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for your time Mm -hmm. on the show today. It was great chatting with you.
1: Thank you so much. It was really fun.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Quickie Podcast. I really appreciate your time. Go check out Jordan Sondler on Instagram. You will find out the information about her book and when it was, is released and it's available to the public. I can't wait to get my copy. So go check her out on Instagram at Jordan Sondler. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.